0: You're going to meet radio personality Monica Galash today, if you don't already know her. There will be laughs, there will be words of wisdom, and there will be cake. Delicious, miraculous, misunderstood, relabeled and reimagined cake.
1: This is Signs of the Times Radio with Kent Kingston.
0: Well, it's absolutely fantastic to have with us here for the very first Signs of the Times radio for 2019, the amazing, the fantastic Miss Monica Galash. How are you, Monica?
1: My word, I was looking around for this amazing, fantastic person because I'm like, surely they can't be talking about me. But yeah, I'm good. How are you, Ken?
0: <laughs> I'm very well. Who else? Who else would it be? Look, if you're listening to us on Faith FM, you'll know Monica's voice well. She's a, a breakfast, host so you'll know her there if you're listening on a podcast well hey you are going to meet someone really fun monica galash used to work with us here at adventist media now working with faith fm radio station you know all all over australia a 100 plus narrowcast stations plus on the net yeah
1: man you know more than i do
0: yeah well you just, you, just, you just talk huh <laughs>
1: <laughs> I just turn up and talk. So I didn't realize we would <laughs> this much of a spread. Oh, yeah. <laughs> on you're on us, I suppose. Praise the Lord. Yeah, you're, f- you're yeah, famous. You know what?
0: You're famous, I'm really Monica. I'm
1: doing the interviewing, and I'm just suddenly realising how much more nerve-wracking it is to be the interviewee. I should be a bit more gentle with the people we interview. <laughs> this is terrifying because
0: <laughs> you never know what they're going to ask next. Yes, that's that's it's true. true. That is is very true. So, Monica, you you are a, a woman of the people. You you don't put on airs and graces, and you don't mind strapping on an apron and getting busy in the kitchen. You know, you're you're oh, you're a strong, nice. independent woman with a spatula in your hand. Is, is, is this true?
1: Well, I mean, at the moment it is, but literally, if I met a millionaire and he was like, honey, I want you to be a trophy wife, I would totes just strap the apron on for good and just be like <laughs> a whiz at creating exotic. I, seriously, it'd be like a paid job for me just to come up with different recipes in the kitchen. I'd be so happy with that.
0: Uh, okay. There you go. Look, and, any millionaires out there, um, young, uh, yeah. da- dashing, cosmopolitan? Look, they have
1: to be millionaires because I love buying exotic ingredients and that stuff yep. gets expensive. So, you know.
0: Anyway. Who owns their own house in Sydney these days is a millionaire. You realise that, don't you? <laughs> so true.
1: Oh, dear. God, Do you own a house in Sydney again?
0: <laughs> no, I don't. And I'm also yeah, married. I don't, I don't so I know. sorry. i who
1: owns a house in yeah. Sydney.
0: Yep. Sorry. Two, two strikes. Yeah. Also married. Don't own a house. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Yep. All right. But uh, you wrote an incredible article for us. And look, you told me this story a while back and I said, that is amazing. You've got to write this down. This, this is incredible. It's called A Tale of Two Cakes. It was mm-hmm. the best of cakes. It was the worst of cakes. How a baking disaster led me on a journey of self-discovery.
1: I remember when I gave the story to you, Kent. you actually it- called me and you were like, is this true? Did this really happen? And I was like, yeah, yeah, dude.
0: it's so cool it's so cool so look we shouldn't keep people hanging any longer we should sort of explain the story to them but really I mean you, you do need to to read the, the Jan Feb edition of Signs of the Times to sort of get full value for you know Monica's way with words um, I'm telling you listeners but we're, we're <laughs> going to give you a, a bit of a sneak peek and a sort of you know explore the, the depths of this story now it all starts with this and this is one of the things I had to edit so I don't think you even spelt it right a thermomix a thermomix and obviously a couple of years Yes, this was huge like everyone had to get a thermomix it was the the food processor and oven and everything all in one but you'd never used one until you you used your mums that's
1: correct yeah and they're they're so techy like it's one of those devices where you purchase one and literally have to take classes to figure out everything it does i feel like it does Pretty much everything in the kitchen.
0: Yeah. Okay. And, and you're, I mean, you're pretty accomplished in the kitchen. What, what's your sort of specialty? What sort of stuff do you like to do already? I mean, it's, it's not like you're a, you know, a a complete noob.
1: Yeah. No, I love baking. I've been baking since a young age. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, my parents are both German and we have a wonderful, rich history of baked goods. My mum has worked in catering and, and in cooking as far as I can remember. So I've grown up in that culture, in that environment. Yeah. The funny thing is, I could bake a cake like a pro before I could even figure out how to wash and make a salad. And even to this day, <laughs> a salad to me seems like a challenge where I could, like, you know, throw together a massive three-tiered cake in no time. So oh, wow. <laughs> those are my cooking, yeah. You, you, you
0: really need to come to our place and uh, get, get my wife to knock you up a couple of her amazing gourmet salads. I'm telling you, it's cr- oh, crazy stuff like currants and, like, d- 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 gently toasted walnuts and, oh, um, and halloumi and, oh, my, rocket.
1: See, a salad to me seems exotic, but cake is like just, yeah, whatever. It's Tuesday, it's cake.
0: <laughs> okay. So, so Monica versus the thermo mix. Yeah. You, you, <laughs> yeah. You, 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 so, my mum
1: has this thermo mix and she loves it, loves this thing, knows how to do all the you know the whiz bang stuff on it. And I'd been asked to actually make a cake for a church function. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, then I can give a crack at this thermo mix. And, and mum suggested, you know, I make. A really quick sort of batter in it because it's one of those things that you just shove everything in the in the bowl of it mm. and you press go and off it goes and, and so I stick all the ingredients in the bowl and, and then I put the lid on and I press on and I'm used to like you know my appliance is taking a little bit of time to, to chow through a batter
0: Yep. okay okay let's let, let's let's just stop for a minute and and go yeah. back a little so you had the ambition of making a carrot cake. And, and so you you, yes. you, you picked this recipe that actually had pineapple and coconut in it which yeah, sounds, yeah. Which sounds I just, awesome. I was being
1: adventurous. adventurous I was like do you know what let's mix it up let's add like pineapple and, and coconut shards to, to this carrot cake mm-hmm. and
0: see what happens. Nice no but very nice I mean look I love carrot cake it is one of my favourite cakes. It's so and, good. I mean speak, yeah. speaking of lightly toasted walnut it's oh. yeah it's great, good to have a bit of walnut or a bit of pecan oh, in there yeah, or a little of carrot. Yeah. I Ooh. disagree
1: with you I don't like nuts in my, in my in my oh, carrot okay. cake All right yeah I'm, I'm one of the nutless ones. All right
0: <laughs> we'll, 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 you're, we'll,
1: you're clearly one of the nutty ones.
0: I, I am'll we'll, we'll have to agree to differ on that but but nevertheless it's sure. it's intended to sort of have bits and texture sort of going through it, isn't it?
1: Yes, yeah I mean that's the traditional carrot cake. Um crumb it's it's always a little chunkier. there's like bits and pieces in it, sometimes you know a sultana, maybe like oh yeah, you know maybe sometimes even grated carrot, like really mm-hmm. chunky carrot in and of itself. And I thought to myself, if I stick, you know, chunks of pineapple and bits of coconut in there, this will be really great. Have these like occasionally sweet bursts of pineapple. Oh yeah, vibes. yeah, bit yeah, of sweetness, bit, bit of a tropical
0: vibe. Great. Yeah, sounds great. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly, like a tropical sort of a carrot cake.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so so back to the thermix. So you chuckle this in the thermomix.
1: Uh huh. Uh-huh. And
0: say, go do your magic.
1: Yeah, yeah, and thinking it's going to take a few minutes, and so I actually ducked out of the room mm-hmm. and. <laughs> Went and took a little ladies' break, and I came back after washing and, your
0: hands thoroughly.
1: Yeah, you know it, you know it. Taking yeah. it off my apron before, putting it back on after, mm-hmm. and get back in the kitchen. And I cannot believe how powerful these sewing mixers are, mm-hmm. and how quickly they operate. I literally should have, I should have stood there and pressed play, so to speak, mm-hmm. and <laughs> counted to three and turned it off because that would have been the right amount of time. Wow. Instead of leaving the room for like three minutes.
0: <laughs> okay, so what, what's 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 the the batter looking like at, at this point?
1: Like, like silk. It's oh. it's as smooth as silk. It is. It's just – it's perfectly aerated. It's just right. – it's like honey. It's liquid. It's liquid.
0: Like, like mousse, basically. You've, you've made mousse. Yeah, mousse.
1: That's the perfect description to what <laughs> yep. it was. I made carrot cake mousse out of the batter.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. But but nevertheless, you persisted and thought, oh, well, it's, it's the, the ingredients are right. The, the yeah. balance yeah. is right. So, we'll chuck it in the oven and see what happens.
1: I figured it couldn't be that bad, right? Like, of all the things that can go wrong with cooking – over beating or over blending something is, is usually like on the on the it's okay kind of a scale. Like mm-hmm. we can still make it. So yeah, I bunged it in the oven, you know, t- to bake. Thought it'd be fine.
0: Yep. Okay. And and, and when you took it out and your and your family sort of had had a go at it, what was the what was the verdict?
1: Yeah, so my mum and dad and my brother, they became my guinea pigs because I knew there was something a little bit off with it when it came out. I was like looking at it thinking, you know what, visually that's not quite how carrot cake looks. And so I cut them off a little edge and I gave them all a little slice, a little taste, and I I asked them for a bit of a verdict. And, yeah, so that actually, you know, their verdict gave me an idea because they said, you know, the texture is wrong. You know, it, it does taste like a carrot cake. It has all those wonderful carrot cakey flavors, but it feels different in your mouth. It has the wrong mouthfeel. Mm-hmm. You know, they said this is denser. It's heavier. It's kind of more like mud cake.
0: Oh, I love mud cake.
1: Oh, who doesn't, though? Pa-
0: particularly Chocolate. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, not Fancy, not so much a fan
0: it. on on the caramel sort of mud cakes and the white chocolate mud cake, but a dark they chocolate get a bit mud sweet, cake. Don't they They do, yeah. It's a bit too sweet, but dark. Yeah, I, I get that. But a carrot cake f- flavored mud cake, no <laughs> have have not been there. Have not been there.
1: It doesn't sound very appetizing, does it? It, it doesn't.
0: Carrot cake mud cake. No, yeah, carrot mud cake. Ugh. Yeah, carrot mud cake. Yes, yeah, I was going to say this doesn't even work as a name. <laughs> no, it doesn't. So, so you you had been planning. to to take this thing to church? Was it one of those potluck things, was it where everyone brings food and everyone shares and, of course, everyone's yes, l- l- looking at kind of uh, who made this, who well. made that? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It, we,
1: we always had potluck, but this time was a special occasion because it was – like once a month, they would have one Sabbath lunch or one um, church lunch where they would do yeah. the birthdays. Uh-huh. So everybody's birthday in that one month would be celebrated on the one afternoon at church, all together, uh-huh. and wow. that all be caught up the front. We would sing Happy Birthday. So like, which is great because once a month there's a massive birthday cake, and this time it was my turn to make.
0: The oh birthday. heck! So your, yours, <laughs> yours just wasn't one of the offerings on the dessert table. Yours was no. supposed to be the main deal.
1: Yeah, mine's the centerpiece, essentially, and this is supposed to be like five different people's birthday cake all rolled into one.
0: So, what did you do? Like, make a, whip up another one in, in a hurry that, that was right?
1: Oh, no. No time for that. No time for that. I mean, it wouldn't have been a waste of cake because, I mean, the cake was still edible, right? Mm-hmm. So, I just, I had to come up with a game plan. Yep. And I, I had to think to myself, you know, I had to take into, take into consideration what my family had said about it. I was like... I, I can't really change the way the cake, you know, it looks or the way that it tastes or, or the, this texture problem or the way it has a mouthfeel. I can't try. I can't unbake this cake. Like yep. this thing is now set in stone.
0: Hopefully, it and wasn't realized, that hard, but hopefully, it was moister than that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> much <laughs> moister. But I realised the only thing that I can change about this cake. Is the perception with which people approach this cake, right? And if I can if I can change their perception, I could change the experience they have about this cake.
0: Right. Okay. So, yeah. so, so your your family guinea pigs had actually said it tastes okay. They they didn't mind the taste.
1: Yeah. Well, they said that they said the flavour was great, but because of the texture, they decided they didn't actually like it.
0: Right. Uh, yeah. And they they knew what it was supposed to be. Of course, they knew it was exactly. supposed to be a carrot and that's cake. The
1: problem of expectation. As soon as you have expectation, like you're setting yourself up for a fail. So if you you know if you remove the expectation, if if I had not said what it was, they might have had a different experience.
0: Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so
1: I, I took a gamble on that. I took a gamble on that. Yeah.
0: And did what? Well, what, what was the solution? Because like you say, you, you can't unbake the cake. You, know, you you can't unscramble the eggs, as, as they say.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. But what I can do is rename a cake. Right. So, I, instead of calling it a carrot cake, I actually called it a Caribbean mud cake.
0: Ooh. And,
1: uh, yeah, yeah. And so, <laughs> I took it to church. And I started advertising it to anyone who would listen mm-hmm. that I had made a Caribbean mud cake. So people were like, oh, this is amazing. Did you make the birthday cake? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a Caribbean mud cake.
0: They go, oh, i never heard of, heard of that before. That sounds yeah, interesting.
1: Exactly. Can't wait they to were try like, that. Wow. And yes, yeah, so anyone who would listen, I'd be like, did you check out my Caribbean mud cake that I brought? Make sure you get a slice of my Caribbean mud cake. And so wow. <laughs> just what, make what, sure. what,
0: what did you do for icing, by the way? Because, I mean, Uh, Did you change the icing based on this new label or?
1: No. So, I still stuck on the traditional cream cheese frosting. Everyone's favorite frosting, everyone's favorite icing is obviously carrot cake icing. So, I stuck that on there and then just shoved some candles on because the the icing is white. So, so you didn't even change the
0: icing. I mean, you could have gone something that's sort of lemony and coconutty and to sort of try to head it in a more, you know, Caribbean direction. But you went, nah.
1: (laughs) I would just yeah, stick the, with the same the carrot cake icing. perfectly, Ken. I don't need to change the flavours. So, <laughs> oh, so no. you know, I just shoved the candles on and off it went. It was so,
0: so, all weird. you changed was the name, Caribbean Mud Cake. That's it. Well, all
1: I changed was the name, nothing else. <laughs> I didn't... I, I made sure no one mentioned the word carrot cake. I, I made sure that when people asked me what was in it, I didn't say carrots because I'd immediately get, Oh, so it's a carrot cake. <laughs> yeah. I didn't mention anything. I'd be like, Oh yeah, so it's not like pineapple and coconut, that kind of thing. Oh, so your family was sworn to
0: secrecy carrots. at this point. I imagine do not breathe oh, the word carrot cake.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah under threat of death. <laughs> Cause it was a, Kent, you have to understand this thing was huge. Like if yep. it was going to be a flop, I was going to have a lot. A lot of leftover cake. This cake was like a slab.
0: Yeah, it was huge. Yep. Okay, so so when when it gets to lunchtime and the and the long-awaited centerpiece birthday cake comes out, oh, you must have been cringing. <laughs> what, what? Yeah,
1: I mean, what was the response? I've, I've, I really hyped it. Like, I've been, I've been such a hype man for my own cake just as a sort of way to, you know, to keep control of people's perceptions Mm. and to sort of make sure it's not going to be a total flop. So people were like super looking forward to this cake now. Wow. And, um, yeah. And so that they sliced it up, served it out, and they absolutely loved it. Lost their minds over it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was hilarious, Ken. I couldn't believe I got away with it. I couldn't believe I'd gotten away with it. I was so- I was so smug. I wasn't the cat that got the cream. I was the cat that cornered the cream market. I just
0: felt so great at that. <laughs> oh, that is fantastic. But the, the, the thing I love about it is that you, you didn't say, oh, well, that was a funny episode. You, you know, that that was hilarious. I'll sort of put that one up to experience and never overblend with the Thermomix again. Instead, you decided to like take it to the next level. Well, I think oh. I, I think there were people who actually pushed you to the next level, weren't there? Yeah.
1: I was going to milk that sucker for all it was worth because as far as other people were concerned, I had just invented a new cake yeah. and, they, <laughs> and people came up to me and at, the, at church and they are like, this is the best cake I've ever eaten and I had one guy ask me if I would make it for his birthday party. I had another girl ask me to make it for her wedding cake.
0: Oh like, my I goodness. Really,
1: I know, I know, right? I just And to them it was just the most exotic tantalizing thing they'd ever had. It's absolutely astounding to me that they couldn't figure out that it was just carrot cake.
0: <laughs> oh this just cra- it really cracks me up and <laughs> but the, the 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 thing that cracks me up even more is that you really did take it to the next level and you have to take you have to take complete responsibility for this because no 100%. no one pushed you to do this you decided to <laughs> enter it into a cake competition right? Well, what was this was this like an agricultural show or a community hall thing or like what, what was the go
1: yeah, so it was up in Windsor in Sydney. They have this annual cake baking contest and people from the community can enter. It is it is a fairly widespread competition mm-hmm. and I thought, Do you know what? I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to see how long I can run with this thing and I'm going to enter my Caribbean mud cake in this cake baking competition. <laughs> and so I did it again. I overblended this time on purpose. Yeah. the cake, and yeah, like okay, this time I cut it into the shape of a pineapple to further cement <laughs> the, perception the perception. of perception. But same recipe, colors.
0: same icing,
1: same everything. Same. Well, this time I, I I did color the icing to sort of match a, a, a pineapple's colors. Oh, okay. I made it yellow, and then I did that like, the sort of little pattern of a pineapple on the sides, and Ooh. then on the top I actually. I actually got a real pineapple and chopped the top of it off and then stuck a skewer through it and then skewered the top of the green part into the cake so it really looked like an upstanding pineapple. It was so cute. I wish you could have seen
0: that. Oh, cool. Wow. No, that sounds yeah, awesome. Yeah. But but same recipe, same icing. It's a, same everything. It's, it's an overmixed carrot cake.
1: It's an overmixed My carrot goodness. cake.
0: You, all you, big- have, you have hide, Monica Galash, I've got to say. Yeah. You
1: you have hide. <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot of sass. Is what I got. You
0: got a lot of sass. <laughs> so, so ha- how did how did the uh, the the grand judges of the the Windsor cake competition uh, take to your uh, Caribbean mud cake in inverted commas?
1: Kent, I won first place. <laughs> <laughs> it was such a cake fail that came back as a winner it was the underdog of cake
0: honestly do do they not realize they're just encouraging you i mean come on
1: (laughs) oh it was so much fun and it do you know it actually took a beating to my belief in judges because you know these are people who like go around tasting cakes professionally as like a you know They're asked to judge at royal shows and Easter shows and this kind of thing. And I'm like, how are their taste buds not telling them, alert, alert, this is just carrot cake. They couldn't figure (laughs) it out. Like carrot cake is like, that thing is as old as the hills. The flavors of carrot cake, just how do they not recognize it? Kent? It still boggles my mind. still (laughs) boggles my mind. I had them coming up to me afterwards and be like, are you sure there's not chocolate in this? It's so rich and decadent. I don't understand how you made this without using chocolate. And I'm like, trust me, there's no chocolate in this.
0: That was great. Oh, afraid. that is fantastic. Oh my goodness. So so at, at this point I guess you're you're poised to um to take over the world by just, you know, renaming yeah. renaming and reclaiming stuff and uh That's
1: it. Yep. It was like I I'd, I'd found some sort of perception altering superpower and uh, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I was like I could I could take over the world with this. Yep. You know, all you have to do is change people's perceptions and then you could like basically control their experience and the outcome. Like I, at that church, I totally controlled their experience they were having with this cake simply by altering their perception. Like I boggled my mind that I could be, yep. I guess, this easily manipulative.
0: Yep, yep. Yeah, <laughs> it's a it's a, a dangerous power. But this, this, it this is this has sort of got you thinking, hasn't it? just about broader issues about perception in in general. Like how uh, how can you sort of take this this lesson that you've learned the very, very easy way from <laughs> from, from your Caribbean mud cake and, and applied it more more broadly to, to life and relationships and life, the universe and everything, I guess.
1: Yeah. So I, I, I did spend a lot of time thinking about it just because I marveled at just the occurrence, both of them, the church and the competition. Mm. And in sort of like, you know, having my little despotic moment, I sort mm. of realized rather than running around trying to alter other people's perceptions I should probably work on my own perception, and I, I actually had an experience that sort of drove that home for me. Yeah, yeah. At a party one night, and I had gone to the party with a good friend of mine, and while we were there, uh, we ran into an old friend from school. Mm. He was now married, and they had a little baby, and him and his, you know, his new wife and baby were all there at the party. My friends and I sat around with him, and we were like, you know, just having a great time, joking, catching up you know, those, you know, the good old times, you know, yep, yep. just those in stories. And his wife, you know, she would every now and then just, you know, come into the room a little bit and just stand over, you know, his shoulder and, and sort, of, sort of, you know, chuckle along a little bit half heartedly. And, uh, and then would go back to you know, looking after the baby and then you know, come in and out. And um, I sort of perceived that she was surly and not too happy with us being there. And afterwards, I did say to my friend, you know, like, you know, this woman was like just so threatened by us. She was just, she had this aura of like, you know, he's my husband and we should back off and, you know, go find our own husbands kind of a thing. Cause mm-hmm. my friend and I are single. Yep. And I had, I had a really rebuking experience because my friend turned to me and she's like, what are you, like, what are you talking about? I didn't see that at all. Mm. You know, I, I saw a, a young mum. Who was clearly, you know, very tired and exhausted, and she was basically being left out of the conversation that the rest of us were having. Yeah. You know, conversation that was, you know, these sort of you had to be there kind of stories and, and stories that she had no clue as to what we were even talking about half the time. Mm. And she's trying to trying to join in and trying to be involved in her husband's life, but also at the same time trying to look after her baby mm. and uh, juggling. And I, I, I felt terrible. I was like, you know, I was looking at this woman. And instead of seeing, like, an, like for example, instead of seeing an award-winning Caribbean mud cake, I just saw you know, a failed over-blended carrot cake.
0: Yeah, yeah. Wow. So, it, it can make a lot of difference, can't it, to I guess think the best of people are rather than the worst of them.
1: Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Like, And your perception is actually the easiest one to change.
0: Mm. Your, your own yeah. perception, yeah, yeah. It, wow! Far out. It's you know, it's, it's interesting. Like when you read through the Bible, uh, there are a number of people who had name changes. Like I think of like Saul, for example, whose name became Paul, or, or Abram became right. Abraham, or or Sarah became Sarah. <laughs> and, and it sort of seems that uh, like these name changes. You know, I mean, your your cake had a name change, but <laughs> there, there are times in the Bible when people had name changes, and it seemed to sort of mark a significant shift in in who they were and. Maybe even how how they perceive how they perceive themselves. Do you, do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, that's actually a really good point. I didn't even think about the name changes in the Bible. That's incredible to think about. It maybe you know when because often God was involved with the name changing. Yeah. Maybe He was telling them, "I want you to see yourself as I see you, not as how you've seen yourself or how others around you have seen you. Take a look at yourself through My eyes and mm. be encouraged. And done. Here's the name that I would give you." Wow. That good? Yeah, that's yeah. incredible.
0: And in fact, I think in Revelation a couple of times it even talks about I think in chapter 3 there's a couple of times where it talks about this this white stone which has a name written on like foot for each of us. It's like a new name that God is given us that I guess won't be revealed until we get to heaven and he, and he says, "Hey, this is your new name." So it's I guess suggests that there's a a transformation sort of in, in the offing, you know, there's there's something being promised to us that, hey, you, you know, you'll be changed in the twinkling of an eye, you know, as the Apostle Paul says, and, you know, this this mortal will put on immortality, and so it's almost like God saying, hey, I've got a new name and a, a completely uh, incredible transformation, like, waiting for you, just by symbolizing that with this new name that, that he offers in, in Revelation.
1: Absolutely, and I, do you know, I can't wait to find out what my new name is, but I think I think something that we need to keep in mind is that we don't actually have to wait for heaven to to see ourselves the way that God sees us. We don't have to wait to be given any white stone. Like, yeah. while yes, that you know that will happen at the end, we can mm. start with changing our perception now. And there's plenty of stories in the Bible. Of, you know, these Bible characters who doubted themselves, who saw themselves as failed cakes, mm. and uh, and God said, "No, you're so much more." I mean, look at look at Gideon. Yeah, you know, Gideon was just—he didn't think of himself as any. He definitely would never have thought of himself as any sort of award-winning Caribbean mud cake. Yeah, I, I think and, he um,
0: was what the the youngest son in a, in a very, well, a not very important clan or a not very important oh, tribe, oh, cool. and and he was actually quite chicken. His his whole country was being invaded by, you know, and oppressed by these these Midianites, um overlords. And he's mm-hmm. he's just like ch- chickening out, um, hiding in a wine press somewhere, like treading out some grain. I mean, the Midianites used to steal all the grain, so basically any any grain you could thresh and hold in private, you sort of <laughs> you sort of you know put it on the floorboards and don't tell anyone. So yeah, he, yeah. he's this chicken, you know, Gideon, and then this angel suddenly appears to him and says, "Hey, you mighty man of valor," and he's like l- looking around, <laughs> um, like me? who <laughs> who me? Yeah. So yeah, but got, yeah. God sort of gives him this name. You're a mighty man of valor, That's identifies right. him as something that it's almost like God could see what he could be rather than mm-hmm. what he currently was. It's yeah, which is pretty amazing. And, and if you follow the story, you read it in the book of Judges there, you'll see he did become a, a mighty warrior and a, a mighty man of valor. Yeah. Yeah, he
1: became a hero in a time of war when um when that was needed. So yeah, he really rose to the occasion. He he never would have suspected himself as being capable, and God saw it. God gave him the power to do it, and he did it. It's, it's an incredible story.
0: Hmm. Wow. Okay. So when when it comes to you like organizing your relationships and and you know meeting people and stuff, how has this whole Caribbean mud cake experience? Uh, you know, colored your views and perhaps, you know, changed the way you, you see people or relate to them?
1: Yeah. So, I actually I actually use this story to remind myself because you know, I, I genuinely think that mental health has a lot to do with – well, preventing mental health has a lot to do with positivity and, mm-hmm. and I think if we don't assume the worst or don't assume just the most negative or anything ever negative about other people – we go a long way of keeping our ourselves positive and having a positive outlook. And so, with this whole perception thing with the two different cakes, it's a really wonderful reminder um, that we can be like a little bit more generous and we can be a bit more gentle mm-hmm. with how we treat other people, how we view them. You know, just I, I try and let my perception of others be as generous and as gentle as possible. Mm. I guess until proven otherwise. Yeah, yeah. And that goes a long way to keeping me happy. Like you'd think this is something you do to keep other people happy, but it actually helps you keep happy if you don't always assume the worst about people. If you try and just believe the best of others.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, people will let you down. People will hurt you. But if you go oh, around, sure. if you go around your whole life, just, just sort of cringing and, and waiting for, for people to be horrible to you. It's, I mean, yeah, what what a miserable way to exist. I mean, I, I totally see what you're saying. Yeah, approach people positively. And the other thing is a lot of the time they will respond positively if if you approach them positively.
1: Yeah. And, and I guess it also, it's a reminder that, you know, things aren't always what they seem because when we look at things, we interject our own experiences. We interject who we are into our perception. Oh, totally. And so, yeah, when you and I look at the same cake, you might see something completely different, and I might see something completely different to you. And and then not just cake, but anything in life. So it's a it's a gentle reminder, mm. you know, to to just be aware that perception plays such a huge part in our life.
0: Wow. Hey, thanks so much, Monica. I really appreciate you sharing your story with us. You know, both in print in in the magazine and uh, and on the the radio sh- show slash podcast. Thanks so much for being a part of Signs of the Times radio today.
1: No worries. Thank you.
0: Today's episode was based on an article appearing in this month's Signs of the Times magazine. A subscription is just
1: $26 for 11 issues a year. To find out more, visit signsofthetimes.org.au. Signs of the Times has been published in Australia since 1886 and is proudly produced by Adventist Media.